Hey guys, welcome back. Welcome back to another session of TRC Broadcast. I am your host, Bishop R.D. McLeod, and I am delighted to have you with us again. All of those of you that are, that are visitors, those that are guests, those who have just stopped by just to get a word of God. We are so glad that you are here, and we are glad that you will fellowship around the Spirit of God. Uh, this is such an exciting time. You know, the Bible says, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. God has opened up his grace, not only to uh, the church, but he's opened up his grace to the world. And we are excited about being in this time. Yes, there's a lot of things that are happening, some of it beyond our physical control. However, God has given us the ability to tap heaven through relentless prayer. Amen. And to constantly stay in his face for direction. So we would be like the man of Issachar. We would know what to do in these times and seasons. So again, we are glad that you are here. Uh, we're going to jump right on into the word of God. And uh, I've already prayed. And so let's just sit back. Take your notes. Uh, so you can go back. You know, you can't retain all of this at one time. You'll go back, be able to look over your notes, and uh, even have discussions about the Word of God. This is how you get it in your spirit. Amen. Repetition is the mother of better learning. So, let us get ready to get in the Word. Uh, we are going to jump back into, and this is what I believe is our final session of the Spirit of This World. Uh, the Lord has uh, given me, uh, to my knowledge at this point, uh, the okay to just move on after this, uh, but uh, we're going to talk about some different things. We're not going to spend a lot of time on the foundation. We might brief it, but we will not spend a lot of time. If you want to go back and do an in-depth study, just go back and pick up part one and part two and uh, add it with this one, and I'm sure it will give you some clarity. Uh, <clears throat> we're talking about the spirit of this world, and as we started out asking the question, what is it and why should I care? You know, what is the spirit of this world? And why should I even care about it? You know, Apostle Paul did a contrast in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12. He said, but we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God that we might know, that we might know, that we might know. Connecting yourself to the spirit of God will put you in the know. There is a lot of questions you have concerning your personal life, concerning things that you are believing God for, concerning visions, concerning dreams, concerning plans. All of these things should not be approached without being in the know. And because God is omniscient, he, he knows all things. He's all powerful. He's omnipresent. Who else better to be connected to if you want to be in the know? So, Paul said that we might know all things freely given to us of God. So, uh, one of the things I want to emphasize here, the Bible says we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. And the Lord began to show me, he said, that word receive simply means you have not accepted. That means you have a choice. You have not accepted the spirit of the world, but you have accepted the spirit which is of God. You know, there are many people on the flip side. They have not accepted or received the Spirit of God, but they have accepted the Spirit of the world. And whichever Spirit you accept is going to be the one that leads you. 
Uh, the Bible says that uh, they that are uh, led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. Now, the spirit of the world, we saw, we said, can be uh, explained or understood in one of three ways. We said, we said in the very beginning, it could be understood as a demonic spirit, uh, Satan in particular. Uh, we know this according to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. The Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high or heavenly places. Wherefore, take unto you, on, unto you the whole armor of God. Now, uh, the, the, the spirit of this world is a demonic force. And whether you know it or not, it has controlled the thought patterns of this world, which we will get to on the second part. Uh, the Bible says that he is called according to... Um, uh, first, no, second Corinthians, excuse me, chapter four and verse three, it says that if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. People that are lost have, uh, a trouble, have trouble seeing the gospel, understanding its implications. It says who the God of this world, verse four, the Bible calls him the God of this world. St. John chapter 14 and verse 31 calls him the prince of this world and the ruler of this world. Uh, St. John chapter um, uh, 16 and verse 11 calls him the prince of this world or the ruler of this world. Um, the Bible says in Ephesians, the second chapter, it says, Wherefore, remember in times past when you walked according to the course of this world. See, this world has a course. And God has, of course, remember Jeremiah 29 and 11, I know the plans I have for you, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end on the course that I have ordained. Uh, Romans 8, the Bible says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his dear son. God is saying, I have a, a plan, I have a course. And the world has a course. And Ephesians 2 and 2 says that it is the spirit of, uh, that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That is the spirit of this world that constantly tries to keep you apart from God. It tries to keep you separated from your destiny, separated from your mandate, separated from God's plan for you, separated even from God's benefits for you. And so it is a subtle spirit, and it can come in subtly, or it can come in like a lion and just be boastful and dominating and, uh, and and it, it will manifest itself, but its ultimate control, uh, desire is to make you subordinate. Are you listening? Such as he did Adam and Eve. Made them subordinate, and that's what made him the God of this world. Adam was at one time, but now, you know, uh, through Adam's fall and through the passing on of his Adamic nature, we have received a subordinate spirit until Jesus came to make us free. So therefore now we receive the spirit which is of God, which makes us the head, not the tail, above only and not beneath. Are you listening? We were subordinate when we were in sin. Now, moving right along, because I'm not going to spend a lot on that. So that's one way, a, a, a demonic spirit, Satan in particular. The second one is a mindset. 
the mindset. According to Romans chapter 8 and verse 7, the Bible says that the cardinal mind is enmity or is hostile against God. It's not subject to the law of God, the Bible says, and neither indeed can it be. It is not it does not have the potential to be subject to the laws of God. That's why people who are not flowing with God find it hard to uh, walk with God. Amos 3.3 3 says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? You can't walk with God unless you agree. This is the biggest deception that most people feel like. They think that I got saved and I'm walking with God because I'm saved. But the truth of the matter is, is Jesus said, why do you call me your Lord and you don't do what I tell you to do? If you don't obey the word, you are not walking with God. You are just walking under the umbrella of God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So let's not be deceived about that. God has given us specific instructions about our life how we are to believe and what we are to understand. That's why he said, and uh, I believe it's 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18, while we look not at the things that are seen, because the things that are seen are only temporary. Are you listening? <clears throat> the, Bible, <clears throat> the Bible says uh, in, in Hebrews 11, 3, it says that the, the worlds, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things that we see do not come from the things which do appear. So, there is an invisible world that is controlling the physical world. And you cannot control a spirit in the flesh. Are you listening? So, this is a mindset that is independent of God. It's not subject to the laws of God. It's not even, does not even have the potential. So, this is the conflict that we have. People that walk with God find it difficult and vice versa, vice versa. People that don't walk with God find it difficult to flow with people who do walk with God. So, it's a difference that is put between them. According to Exodus, I will put a difference between thee and the Egyptian. It's a mindset that is totally independent of God. This is created when Adam and Eve decided we're going to walk independent of God's counsel. And so, this nature is passed on to anyone else who is not Flowing with the Spirit of God. How do you flow with God? Relationship. You don't flow. Religion is the study about God. Christianity is the relationship with God. And that's different. There's a lot of people that know a lot about God, but they don't know God. And they're not flowing with God. The Bible says they are ever learning, but never able to come into the knowledge of the truth. So, that is why it is very important that we renew our mind, that we learn. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is what God is saying. Neither are my ways your ways. So we are to renew our mind so we can think God's thoughts. Our ways will become his ways. Are you listening? The Bible says that, that that's what God did. He showed uh, his, 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 his ways uh, unto the children of, of, of Israel. Are you listening? This is what God wants us to do so we can know him. There is a spirit in this world that constantly tries to control our thinking, tries to control our ways. And it's a worldliness. James said it this way, and he was pretty strong. James says, know ye not, Whosoever shall be a friend of this world is an enemy against God. Now, understand the application. 
It's not telling you that people that are not saved, you should despise or not like them. On the contrary, because the Bible says, God, Jesus said it in St. John 17. He said, I sent you into the world, not out of the world. The Bible says, and he even said this, I pray that you don't take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil, the evil one, the influence of the evil one. So, God is not praying, uh, Jesus was not praying that you leave here. He was praying that you stay here and that you help gather the harvest, that God's harvest will be gathered by his people. Are you listening? So, you don't look at people that's not saved. You were like that before, and you were not saved. And if someone had looked down on you to the extent you will still not be saved today, somebody cared. It's up to us as the body of Christ to care. It's up to us as the body of Christ to lead the example, not just talk about it, not just be religious and talk about it, but let them see it in our lives. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Can someone distinguish you from someone that is just in the world? See, the Bible says that without God and without the world, we are just mere men, Paul said. We are mere unchanged, unregenerated men. So there should be a difference. And it should be noticeable. And you should not have to wear a, a, a Jesus lapel pin, a honk if you love Jesus bumper sticker. You should not be walking with that big Bible on your job that has a hair lock in it where somebody cut it off, birth certificates and death certificates. You shouldn't be walking around with that big white Bible with a coffee stain on it for people to say they are really saved. No, Jesus said by this. Men will know that you're my disciples. Is that you can get along with one another. You got love for one another. And you walk in unity. And then the power and the benefit of that unity. That's how men will know that you are my disciples. So let us move right on. The last one is human wisdom. It is the process of understanding. It is secular philosophy. It is what the world teaches you is right and wrong. And the Bible says in the last day. Men will call evil good and call good evil. That's where we are today. Things that seemed to be taboo one time when we were growing up now is the norm. Things that used to be set apart as the good things are now called evil. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So there has been a flip. The Bible says that Satan will, 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 will attempt to change the laws and to wear out the saints. He didn't say the world, wear out the saints. And how do you wear out the saints? We are in an uphill swim. We are in an uphill battle. And the minute you stop fighting against the current of this world, you will begin to backslide. So to wear you out means he's going to constantly come with in-your-face confront, uh, confrontations in order to get you tired, get you tired of fighting against the current. And many people have become like that. They stop fighting against the current. And what they don't understand is, is because they didn't turn around and start swimming downstream, they feel like, I'm still headed in the right direction. But the current of this world is pulling them down. It's taking them down. Have you ever started doing things that you swore you wouldn't do again? Are you saying things that you said you wouldn't say again? Are you feeling ways about life that you think, or said you wouldn't ever feel that way. 
You are being victimized by the current of this world. You ought to understand that if it was easy to get in heaven, everybody would be going. <laughs> do, do you understand what I'm saying? It is, I mean, we we have a job to do, saints. We have a job to do. So it is the process of understanding. And the Bible says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21, the Bible says the world by wisdom, the world by its own secular wisdom, the world by its own process of understanding knew him not. You can't know God in your mind. Are you listening? And that's where he resides. A lot of places is in your mind. People know him in their mind. But the truth of the matter is, is it has to be a communion of the heart. Jesus said that their, their lips uh, they honor me, and their, their, their mouth, they speak great things. He said, but their heart is far from me. Their heart, the center of their affection is far from me. Where is your affections? The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, set your affections. It's up to you to set your affections. What is your affection set on? Where is the center of your heart? Because where your heart is, there will your treasures be also. And where your treasures is, there will your heart be also. So where is what is most important to you? What have you prioritized as being the top of your list? You have to do a self-check, guys. If you don't do a self-check, you will find that you will have an alienation of affections. And you will find out that you are in love with you. You're in love with this world. We will get to that. So, the Bible says that they, they, they knew not God. By the wisdom of this world, they knew not God. The Bible says, for the preaching of the cross is foolishness unto them that perish. But unto us, it is the power of God. The preaching of the cross is the power of God because the preaching of the cross identifies deliverance, power, it, 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 it identifies our, our destiny. It identifies our path. The preaching of the cross to us is the power of God. But to people that, that, that are that perishing, they, they basically say, it don't take all of that. You know, we don't have to do all of that. That's, it's, it's foolishness is what they say. As a matter of fact, in Peter, the Bible says, where are the scoffers? The people in the last days that say, where is the promise of his coming? For every day since I've been alive, I've been hearing Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Where is he? Well, don't worry about that because he said, because when I come, I'm bringing my rewards with you. And he that is unrighteous, let him be unrighteous still. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I'm just giving you some information, guys. I'm just trying to make you aware that the Bible says, uh, as a matter of fact, the scripture says, don't let these days uh, overtake you and your heart be overcharged with surfeiting. What, it, what it's saying is, don't let your heart be overcharged with, with, with attending to this life. I'm not telling you not to have responsibilities. I'm saying, you know, the partying, marrying, being, being, being given in marriage, all of these things that you're caught up in and you allow the priority 
of you doing the will of God to slip down the line till it becomes an option. Are you listening? Now, so, so when you hear world and you hear the Bible talks about the world, it's talking from the Greek word uh, cosmos, which is simply talking about the inhabited earth. That's what, and the people that live here. So when the Bible says about the world, as a matter of fact, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has light and darkness or Christ and Belial. Uh, come out from among them and be your separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will be a God unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. Are you listening to what I'm saying? He's telling you right there, remain in a state of consecration. That's what I'm saying. Remain in a state of consecration. Listen, whether you know it or not, it is a battle to remain in a state of consecration because there are agents of darkness that is constantly trying to infiltrate your belief system, infiltrate your faith, infiltrate your thinking, infiltrate your home, infiltrate your mindset, infiltrate society. They are constantly bombarding us as a war. We are in spiritual warfare, whether you know it or not. The Bible says, endure hardness as a good soldier. In Timothy, he said that you might please him that called you to be a soldier. That is our main objective, is to please God that called us to be a soldier. Are you listening to me? And it says that no, no man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life. No man, if you're in a fight, if you're in this battle, you don't entangle yourself with the affairs of this life. We found out that just in, in history alone, that's what happened to a lot of guys who were in Vietnam, uh, Vietnam, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, they basically, their issue was, is that when they were going in certain villages and things like that, they got distracted. They went to have fun and they got distracted. You add that with the hair on, and they, they were never to be seen from again. And it was because they entangled themselves with civilian affairs, and they forgot that they were in war. Are you listening to what I'm saying, guys? Look around you. Look at the sign of the times. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter Chapter 3 and verse 1. Know this, that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. They should be covetous, heady, high-minded, blasphemous. It says they shall be disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, having the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. This is what the Bible is telling us. If you can't see that this is where we are now, if you can't see that this is the timeline that we're in right now, I'm not telling you that you should not you know, uh, uh, attend to your affairs and tend to the things of in your life. But you always have to make that secondary to being here and the reason why you're here. Jeremiah, the Bible says, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb, before you were separated from her. He said, I called you and, and, and I ordained you as a prophet to the nation. I ordained you. Yes, as a prophet to the nation, all of us got that call. Why? Not a five-fold ministry prophet. 
that, you know, a prophet. That means you are to prophesy by the Spirit of God and let other people know what time dispensation we are living in, where we are right now. That is our responsibility. You should be the one that's crying loud, letting society know Jesus is soon to come and telling them this is where we are. And let God use you to be able to show them the time that we're in so people can get their house in order. But, you know, most of us come in and we just camped out in the world and become a part of this world. But the Bible says you are a citizen of heaven. Are you listening to me? Now, let me continue to go on. Now, the Bible says, uh, let us go to Luke chapter 4. Uh, and I'll, I'll give you, the Bible talks about in verse 1, it says, And Jesus was, was uh, led up into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And afterwards, he hungered. And then he began to have this all-out confrontation with the enemy face to face. And then the Bible began to say the first thing, he wanted to appeal to his appetite. And the Bible says, if you be the son of God, turn that stone to bread. Satan will, uh, will try to appeal to your appetite. That is the thing that called Esau in order to, to, to forfeit his birthright because his, his appetite got out of control. Are you listening to me? And then he said, uh, you know, so right now, what is your appetite? What is the thing that you want? What is the thing you're hungering for? Satan will try to appeal to your appetite. But then the Bible says that in verse uh, 5, the Bible says that he took him up on a high pinnacle and showed him all the king, kingdoms of the world. And then he told him, I will give you the power and I will give you the glory of all these kingdoms if you will subordinate yourself to me. Now, this is a very interesting point. This is the same thing that he is offering now. This is what has caused a lot of Christians... To alienate their Christianity is because of their hunger for either power or their hunger for glory. Now, what you got to understand is he wanted to give you the power, which is translated, he wanted to give you authority. Now, I'm going to break that down because we talked about this, and this is the thing that most people don't realize. He's trying to give you authority, but he wants to give you authority without dominion. If he gives you authority without dominion, you remain under his dominion. So you have authority at his say-so. That's why he said, it's been given, given unto me to give it to whosoever I will. So he wants to give you authority while you remain under his dominion. Dominion is authority exercise. He's not going to give you that dominion back, but he will give you authority. Are you listening? Secondly, he wants to give you glory. This is the part that has gotten a lot of people. Glory just simply is translated riches, honor, and grandeur. He wants to give you riches and honor and grandeur. Why? Because this is the golden trinket that turns our eyes. This has affected so many believers all the way even back in the days uh, this has affected them. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 and verse 4, labor not to become rich, cease from thine own wisdom. When that becomes your focal point. See, certain things are built in as a package deal with Christianity. And that is that God, the Bible says that it, he take pleasure in the prosperity of his service. You don't have to chase after, after it. Chase God and he has it. 
Are you listening to what I'm saying? But when you get off of the path of doing the will of God in order to chase riches, that's when it becomes an issue, when you become just that paper chaser. It becomes an issue. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Labor not to become rich, cease from thy own wisdom. And the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 9, they that would become rich or they that focus on becoming rich, the Bible says that they fall into a temptation and a snare and to many hurtful and foolish lusts that will, that will lead men to destruction and perdition. Which simply means that, you know, destruction, we understand what destruction is. And perdition is just utter loss, eternal damnation. Just chasing this stuff. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So this is where many people, uh, he offer you a lot of things. He offer you the brass ring. And the brass ring is the thing that has turned our heads. We think that we're trying to make a better living. But the truth of the matter is, is that has become our focal point. We have gotten to the place to where God is, is now an option. You know, you hear people all the time talking about, you know what the Bible says? That the love of money. No, you, you, no here it is. You, you know, God said that uh, money is the root to all evil. And the Bible never said that. The Bible says it is the love of money. It is the affection for money. It is the passion for money. It is the priority of money becomes the root of all evil. Now, let's continue to look at this. I want you to go to 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, and uh, I'll, I'll just begin reading at verse 15. The Bible says, love not the world. See, there it is again. For the love of money, love not the world. The Bible says, they that will become rich, they that will love it. You know, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of, uh, 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 oh man, Holy Spirit, bring it back to me. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are not of the Father, but of the world. And verse 17 says, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. What it's trying to tell you is that lust is never satisfied. You can never have enough if that is what you're chasing. You can always want more and more and more and more and more. And it's a pull on you until it pulls you away from God. So the Bible tells us not to love the world. The spirit that is in this world is trying to distract you, trying to get you away from your destiny. So in the end, you have that uh-oh thing on you whenever Jesus returns and you find that you are nowhere near your calling. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Now, I mean, and, and, and hopefully as I speak this, you will just begin to think about what is my priorities in life? I'm not telling you not to have desires. The Bible says, if you delight yourself, Psalms 37, in the desires of, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. That's twofold. He will give you the desires of your heart and he will place desires in you. But then the scripture says for it to happen, the next scripture says, commit thyself also unto him and he will bring it to pass. It's okay to desire things. It's okay to want a better life. It's okay that's all right. But when that becomes your priority is when it gets off track. Are you listening to what I'm saying? 
So Satan uses the acquisition of things in order to void our purpose. This is the thing he will do. He will bring it into your life and see. I, I remember Bishop Hash saying, if you ever, if, if Satan find that person, place, or thing that you love more than God, he will keep that in your face until you no longer follow God. Person, place, or thing. If he can get you caught up in that, you will go back and ask yourself the question, when is the last time I really witnessed to somebody, whether it was verbally or with my life, when is the last time have I called someone and tried to see if they had fallen away from God? When is the last time that I've done? See, we think that, listen, guys, please, listen, we think it's enough to just, if we say we're Christian and we tithe and then spend the rest of our life doing what we want to do. That's not the will of God. You know he didn't call you just for that. This thing has a lot to do with winning, folks. You have to become a servant to people. You have to become, have a servant's heart. You And you know what? And in order to do that, there must be a great amount of humility in you because as long as you don't have a servant heart, you don't feel like that you qualify for doing that. You don't feel, you feel like that's beneath you. You don't feel like that your time, you can use your time for that. We spend our time doing all kinds of stuff. If we took back the time that we spend watching movies, we could have won our whole neighborhood. <laughs> Don't get mad with me, but I'm just saying. You got 732 uh, 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 movies, and you got zero people to your credit in the kingdom. That, that's, do you, that's not why Jesus died. <laughs> are you listening to me? You know, all, all you got to do is just, 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 just check it out. Because, guys, man, I'm telling you, we have to get busy. We have to get busy. The Bible says don't allow that day to catch us unaware. And as people like myself and people like other men of God is going to constantly keep its unpopular message. But it's our mandate, it's our duty, it's our responsibility to keep you aware. I know you want to listen and talk about 40 steps to making a better you. I know you want to hear 13 steps to the prosperity goal part of God. I know you want to hear God's leprechaun at the end of the rainbow. I know you want to hear all of those things. But at the end of the rainbow, you have the, the golden pot. But you won't have heaven. You won't have well done, my good and faithful servant. There's a drop-off at the end of the rainbow. Are you listening to me? I'm just putting it out there. I'm telling you. We got to really, really see that this is what God is saying to us in this last day. Somebody got to preach it. <laughs> Somebody has to keep it before you. Well, I'm tired of hearing that. I'm tired. You know what? Heaven and hell are eternal. And I guarantee you, if you miss heaven, you will get tired of a lot of stuff. <laughs> Are you listening to me? I'm just trying to say, as, as, as my kids say, I'm just saying. <laughs> Listen. Now, let me go ahead and finish this because we are winding up. Satan will try to keep that thing before you. 
to distort your priorities. Listen to me. The Bible says in Revelations, the third chapter, the Bible says, unto the church of Laodiceans write. God told them, he said, I see. Because you say that you, you're increased in goods and that you are rich and you have no need of anything. He said, don't you know that you are, that you are naked, you're wretched, you're undone. This is the church age where we are right now. That was the last of the seven church ages, the church of Laodicea. That is the time dispensation we're living in now where we say, I got all of the stuff that makes me comfortable. I got all of the things and I'm rich and I have no need of anything else. Now, I'm not talking about wants because we always going to want something to Jesus get here. But I'm saying I have no need I'm not desperate for anything. I just want to keep acquiring, acquiring, acquiring. And he said, you don't understand that you're really naked because you're not clothed in my purpose. Are you listening? The church of Ephesus, the Bible says, they lost their first love. Remember when you was in love with Christ. Remember when you was in love with the Lord. Remember when it, that's all that mattered to you and you were hungry to know him and you read the Bible and you prayed and you fellowship and you was excited about the miracles that God did in your life that only he knew. You was excited about the things that you saw happening. You saw God birth things on the inside of you. It was that time of life when life was just a, it was like a, it was, it was like one that dream, but somewhere along the way, your affections changed. And God said, because you say I'm rich and you increase with goods and you have no need of nothing. He no, say, knoweth not that you're wretched. He said that you, you're miserable and poor, blind and naked. That's Revelation 3, 14 through 21. Now, I want to show you something to show you how easy this can get in here. And I'm going to have to really go fast on this. Uh, I want you to go to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10. And Paul said, let me see, let me see if I got that scripture up here. Uh, I want to I read it. Yeah, verse, I started verse 9. Paul said, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. <clears throat> For Demos has forsaken me. Having loved this present world and is departing unto Thessalonica and the Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Uh, only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. He is profitable unto me for the ministry. Now, he's talking about this fellow, uh, 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 Demos, or Demos, however you want to pronounce it, same guy. Paul said, a, a, a little understanding about uh, uh, Demos. Demos had been with Paul in his first imprisonment in Rome. There is even scriptural evidence to show that even his second imprisonment in Rome, Demos was there, but Demos left Paul. He didn't just leave Paul. He left Paul not only naturally, but he left Paul spiritually. And he departed unto Thessalonica. If you're doing this story, uh, reading about Thessalonica, it was one of those, uh, a city of enterprise. It was a city that had a lot of profitable things going on. Demos knew that this 
this stint that Paul was serving in prison became very dangerous. He knew that Paul was about to suffer death. Demos added it up and said, this is a little too much for me. You mean y'all after Paul? Paul is the pestilent fellow. Paul is the one that was going to write two-thirds in the New Testament. I was just hanging out with him. Y'all guys getting ready to kill Paul, and I'm not hanging around. And I don't care what the ministry. So he took flight. And he left Paul, and the Bible says, having loved this present world. How many believers do you know right now that are still in church that have left the church having loved this present world? They are still present in the body, but they're, 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 they're absent in the spirit. They're absent in their servanthood. They're absent in their mandate. They're absent in their works for God. And he said, Demos left him having loved this present world. There's a fork in the road because the enemy showed him the profit of temporary satisfaction as opposed to his eternal destiny. And a lot of people have chosen temporary profit and satisfaction as opposed to their eternal destiny, eternal mandate. Demos left him. Now, that's not the only person. Before you get down on Demos, you can go back and look at Gehazi. Gehazi was with Elisha. Even when he met the woman that didn't have any children. And all of a sudden, you know, he was a voice to Elisha. He was right there with him. And, 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 and he served him. But then, later on, when he met Naaman, his affections changed. The Bible says when he saw that Naaman was going to pay Elisha for the healing of leprosy, and Elisha wouldn't accept it, Demos started thinking in his mind. See, how can I profit? A lot of people follow the gospel only for profit. A lot of people follow the people of God only to get connected to how they can get blessed. But their heart for God, they have no fruit. They have no intentions, but they want to find out how can I fare better. Are you listening? And so when it came down to Naaman, Gehazi chased down Naaman and said, Hey, my master changed his mind. Those three-piece suits you got, those leisure suits you got, those Stacey Adams shoes and all of that stuff. Hey, he said he want that. And he wants the little pouch with the little gold dust in it. And the Bible says that the leprosy of Naaman cleaved unto Gehazi and his family. So he left them as well. This is the whole thing. Judas, when he thought that Jesus was getting ready to come, Judas had a problem with the Roman Empire. And he thought Jesus was getting ready to come and physically overthrow the Roman Empire. But when he found out that, Ju that Jesus did not have his personal agenda at, 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 uh, uh, at heart, then those pieces of silver caused Judas to say, I'm gone. I'm gone. So he left Jesus. The rich young ruler, Jesus said, go take what you got, sell it and give to the poor. He said, and then thou shalt have treasures in heaven. He said, and get rid of my cash on earth. You forget it. Forget it. I'm not doing that. Listen, guys, you're going to come into the fork of the road to where you're going to have to see, are you following God or you have fallen in love with the world? Have you fallen in love with the world? You can probably look at your uh, 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 Facebook page 
or your Instagram page, and you can tell what's at the forefront of your affections. Is it Jesus? All right, listen, listen. So, Jesus did not hold fast to Judas' personal agenda, so he left. And people are like that. Many people. There's going to be a great exodus in the body of Christ before Jesus comes back. The Bible says in the last days, many will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Doctrines of devils is teaching. It's when you teach that all is gravy and you don't have to be concerned about no repercussions. You don't have to be concerned about no consequences. You don't have to be concerned about any of those things. Is that it's all about a better you, a better life. And we forget that we got a mandate. That's a doctrine of a devil. Are you listening? Let me move on. So, in 1 John, you can go read this. Chapter 2 and verse 19. The Bible says, listen to this, and they went out from us. But they were not of us. Had they been of us, they would have remained with us. People just went out. Now, I'm going to give you a statement, and I want you to remember this. Past service is no guarantee for future faithfulness. So many people right now are riding their carnality on what they used to do in the church. How they used to serve in the church. How I've done all of this. If you say anything to them about it right now, they will elude to all the stuff they have done. Not anything that they are doing. Are you listening? Past service is no guarantee for future faithfulness. And in closing, the Bible says in Mark chapter 3, I mean, excuse me, 8.36, the Bible says, What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? The spirit of this world has come to bargain with you for your soul. It has come to merchandise with you for your soul. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost and the spirit of this world has come in your marketplace to merchandise. And the Bible says that your temple should be the temple of prayer and not become a den of thieves. Your spirit man now is being merchandised in your marketplace which is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and he is bargaining with you for your soul. If I can give you temporary satisfaction, you will forget about your eternal destiny. The spirit of this world is subtle, and it will come relentlessly. And if you don't stay prayed up, if you don't stay in connection with God, you would have forsaken God like Demos and not even know it. So, at this point, I want you to just ask yourself the question, because it is impossible for you to do the will of God in the flesh. Ask yourself the question, have I compromised my stand in the gospel? Have I compromised my first love? Am I still in love with God? Or now, am I in love with the world? And rebellion says when you understand that you are in love with the world and you don't change it. Now you are in rebellion, and rebellion is dealt with differently than disobedience.
So, hopefully this series has been a blessing to you. I love you. We love you. TRC Church loves you. It's our job to get the word of God out there and speak the truth in love. And that's what I try to do. I didn't want to uh, come off condescending. Uh, I didn't want to come off uh, with a negative connotation, but I did want to let you know the truth in love and let you know that God is going to hold you accountable like the talents. The Bible says there, uh, uh, he's going to hold you accountable for what you did or didn't do. We love you. Be faithful. TRC, be faithful. Visitors, guests, be faithful to God. Amen. Father, I thank you for those that have heard the word. I thank you for grace. I thank you for understanding of the word. Speak to their hearts individually and collectively and let them know that you're the God of all flesh. And Father, that even though man has no heaven or hell to put them in, you're the God of, you're, you're the God of their destiny. We thank you for it. We give you the praise. We give you honor and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So, guys, we love you. And until we meet, Again, if Jesus tarried, whatever you do, whenever you do it, however you do it, just make sure you're not controlled by the spirit of the world. And if that's the case, then you are able to keep it real.